hi, I know you can time travel and I can too, but <laughs> we're here. So let's Shaggy and Scooby, let's work together here, buddy. <laughs> everyone welcome to girls gone hallmark a hallmark review podcast i'm megan i'm wendy and today we're recapping the way home episode six building a mystery <laughs> if you want to catch up with us outside of the podcast you can follow us on instagram we are both at megan and wendy and at girls gone hallmark and jump into our facebook group girls gone hallmark where i gotta say there is not enough talk of the way home in that Facebook group. I need more speculation. I need, I I want some more theories. I just think it's really, it's really well done. <laughs> I think it's really well done. So it's not inviting some of the usual Hallmark discussion, dare yes, I say? Yes, I agree. But I need more. Yeah, let's talk about it. If you'd like to talk about The Way Home, join us in our Facebook group. Do you want to do a little, little housekeeping, some updates? Let's do it. Um, we did not have a review of Made for Each Other this week because I, Wendy, still dealing with a broken ankle, Megan decided to come down with, I don't know what you had. Was I it the flu or? No, it was officially not the flu. I have. And, and not COVID. It's not COVID. It's bronchitis plus some other mystery virus combined on top of it. So I just went down for about five days. You can still hear it in my voice. I'm getting better, but I did have to take a break halfway up the stairs this morning. Breathing is still a bit of a challenge. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you're not crawling up the stairs like a toddler, <laughs> I'm sorry. you're winning. You're winning. So yeah, we're not there yet. I typically listen, will listen to our podcast episodes after they go live. Yes. And I am refusing to listen, listen to last week's recap of The Way Home because it's like a blurry mess to me. I think I did it. Like, did we record that on Thursday, two days after I broke my ankle? Yes. Yeah, I think I was on drugs, some heavy sedation. Well, <laughs> I, know, I, think I, you sh I think you should listen because I think it. I edited it in a way that it is not clear the ways in which you were struggling. In that okay. Oh, my goodness. I'm like uh, uh, mortified, to be honest. Well, two things were happening. One, you were on heavy pain medication. And two, it had been multiple days since you had watched and taken notes on this show. Right. And so I have extensive notes, but I'm also, you know, I watched this yesterday morning. So a lot of it's still fresh in my mind. Four days from now, I'm not going to have any idea what happened. <laughs> so if you notice anything last week, just let it go. <laughs> just please let it go. The, let it go. The thousand plagues are upon the house of Long Story Short <laughs> at this point. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I have some, uh, just a brief news and note. Okay. If you're interested, I am. Uh, the ratings for The Way Home are still holding steady. The episode we're going to uh, recap right now, episode six, pulled in 1.5 million live viewers, 0 0.13 of the 18 to 49 year old demo, and it ranked 20 out of the top 50 cable shows for Saturday, Sunday night, February 26th. Nice. So still holding strong. And 
side note, I did, you know, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries had a new movie on Sunday night as well. Mm. I could not find it in the top 150. Oh, no. I know. It was a mahogany movie. I admittedly did not watch, but that's not great. No, that's a that's not great. Yeah. Anyway. Do you want to jump in to The Way Home, Episode 6? Yeah, let's hear a synopsis. All righty. Can Alice try to stop Jacob's disappearance? Dell realizes the tragedy of Jacob was not hers alone and the whole town's and moving towards healing. This is via IMDb. I'm not really sure who wrote that. Hmm. Okay. It was the whole town's tragedy, not just hers alone. I think. I think that's what it's trying to say. Yeah, no, that's how I understand it. Okay. All righty. A real quick note about the title of this episode. You know, last week's episode used a title that was not a song from the 90s. This week, Building a Mystery is a Sarah McLachlan song released in 1997. So we're back on theme. We are. I looked it up too, and they had a picture of Sarah McLachlan from that time era. And it was a real late 90s photo, like... Very much what was going on on like 90210 during that time. Oh my gosh. Total Short Donna hairstyle, right? Yes. That's yes. it. The I Donna hairstyle. <laughs> you may know this, listeners. There's a heavy 90210 rewatch happening in my house. And we are in the post-college years when Donna very much had that, you know, that deep auburn hair mm-hmm. with the very complicated hairstyles often. And mm-hmm. uh, it was very <laughs> reminiscent of that. The zigzag part. The zigzag part. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, we haven't seen that in The Way Home yet. No, we haven't. <laughs> We're getting a, a very gentle look at 90s fashion. A very, I would say, generous take mm-hmm. on 90s fashion and... 90s style in this show. I would agree. <laughs> Which I appreciate. <laughs> Me too. Nobody wants to revisit the uh, big black platform sandals. Thonk, 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 thonk. <laughs> I still have, you know, I was in college in the late 90s and I had those sandals and I wore them. I have vividly remember I was, there was some event at school that president of the university was speaking we were on bleachers and i had to like leave at some point and i remember going down and it was just like echoing through this auditorium it was not great those were the kind of shoes that you dressed up and dressed down right absolutely <laughs> you wore absolutely. them everywhere those were my fancy shoes <laughs> oh my god so let's jump into this episode episode six Building a mystery, like you said, it opens with Kat at the paper, and I'm just going to call it the paper. She's at the archives or wherever it is that she works with Byron. And the she's, Herald. Is that what it's called? The Herald? Yes. Thank you. She's researching Jacob's disappearance, and she's going through all these old newspapers and, and, and hear what the headlines read. The first one was, who took Jacob? Jacob's bike found at Carnival Entrance. How did it get there? No leads. Mm. Fisherman finds Jacob's carnival prize on the shore. Search ends for missing eight-year-old. Best friend may have been last person to see missing boy. You know, I paused every single, like... I'm impressed. You know, half a second to read those headlines. I was hoping we, we might get a little bit of a insight. And we got a little bit of foreshadowing. 
I'll leave it there. Yeah, it is a nice, honestly, I will admit I did not read those that carefully, but that's a nice little synopsis of the entire episode right there. Totally. Totally. And, you know, I would like to applaud the um, whoever makes props the department. props. Yeah, the props department for like the effort into making yeah. like, it all look very real. Agree. Right. So Kat's reading everything. She's sorting for clues and information about his disappearance, including Danny's police statement, which I didn't know eight-year-olds can write their own police statement. Don't don't you think that would have been like a verbal, like, and the policeman would have written it down? Yeah, I just thought it was a funny, funny take on that. Byron confronts Kat. He's worried that she's working too much. And he seems genuinely concerned about her. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe her mental health or how much effort she's putting into this, like getting too wrapped up into it. And maybe she should do her actual job. Yeah. So what happened to that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's not writing stories for the Herald anymore. (laughs) She's just using the paper for her own private research. It's unclear to me. Yeah. So Kat has this memory of like when Jacob first goes missing at the carnival and she packs up and leaves the office. And then we flash back to 1999. And we see Kat and Jacob and Danny playing on the beach and Nick and Alice sitting and Alice is real salty. She's being very cold to Nick because he didn't show up in the future. (laughs) Right. And, you know, she's being very 15 years old in this moment, asking how he feels about her. And he says he's into her big time. And she goes, what about for a long time? (laughs) And I just, oh, Alice. Um, It's a very awkward moment. And I just am honestly both surprised and not surprised that she's carried this future resentment back to the past. Right. Like this Nick hasn't done anything to you and there's no way to know the circumstances that future Nick is bringing into the picture. Exactly. It's it's unfair to blame teenage Nick for something that is supposed to happen 30 years from now. Especially because in the next moment, Kat comes over and checks in. She's like, I'm trying to give you guys some alone time, but you're obviously blowing it over here. And Alice continues to be a super bummer. She says, well, Nick's just unreliable. And I just think, you know, people in glass houses, Alice, because nobody ever knows when you're going to show up either. Exactly. And we get some more of that later in the episode. I just thought it was so funny. Nick is like totally weirded out by this conversation, Uh, you know, rightly so. And... Like, this is why, like, 15-year-olds break up. They have, like, terrible terrible communication skills, right? Like, you don't say, like, where are we at? Girl, you just started, like, seeing this guy. Like, stop asking for, like, what's happening next. You Do you agree? You won't even give him your phone number. Right. Exactly. He knows so, nothing about you. Right. So, to your point, the communication is terrible. And were she tried to communicate, well, I'm mad because in 2023, you did not show up for me. I mean, <laughs> it's all kind of a mess. It is a mess. It is a mess. Uh, we see right here at the end of the scene, Kat is annoyed with Danny and Jacob because they're getting too close to the ocean water. And, you know, she's trying to keep eyes on them and whatever. And that's the end of that scene. And then we flash back to the same beach back in the present day. Dell is listening to a voicemail from, it was unclear to me in the moment who it was from, but we learn shortly thereafter that it was Monica on the phone mm-hmm. talking about wanting to bring the carnival back. And I was kind of surprised to learn that the carnival has been gone for as long as Jacob has been gone. And we get a brief flashback to Dell sobbing on that same beach in 1999. 
Right. Now, let me ask you if, hypothetically, you were to lose a child at a local town carnival, would you expect the carnival not to resume the following 30 years? I would not expect that, no. Right. I know. It was kind of weird how, like, they were so considerate of Dell's tragedy, I guess. Yes. And I guess it just kind of surprised me because I don't think we would really see that in not certainly my town. The carnival didn't take Jacob. The date is going to continue to live on the calendar. I I don't know. Of course, you're right that it is a considerate move. And it's a effective plot point here in this mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. I just am not so sure that that's a terribly realistic action that's going to happen. Definitely. I because agree. Everything that we know, the carnival was incidental. There, It wasn't like an accident related to the carnival specifically. Yes. He wasn't Good point. hurt on a carnival ride. He wasn't hurt as far as we know, at the carnival, right? The carnival just happened to be incidentally happening in the background. I mean, okay, though though we don't know, they do think perhaps that Jacob was kidnapped. What if the carnival brought strangers to the town? You see where I'm going with this? Sure, but this is a town that still relies on tourism. And as we know from Lobster Fest just previously, they're mm-hmm. still welcoming strangers into the town. Very fair. So... But it's a good plot point. I agree. Hmm. That's a good plot point. And we see that in this episode. Next scene, we're in present day still. Rita, Kat, and Dale are at the Landry's in the kitchen. Rita is annoyed with Monica's efforts to bring the carnival back. Uh, Rita is Rita Ing, mm-hmm. I think, here. And um, in one of the best scenes I've seen, talk about a realistic scene. Alice comes downstairs, joins them in the kitchen, and Kat says good morning to her. She simply says, good morning, Allie. And Alice turns and gives her the greatest teenage eye roll. Totally. I was like, if that's not realistic, like just for simply saying good morning. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I thought it was great. Elliot shows up and he's asking about baskets or something. I'm not even quite sure what he was asking for. I was watching the subtitles. I still don't know what he was asking for. Um, I don't think it's relevant to this episode at all. Byron calls Dell, and I'm thinking, who is calling so early in the morning? It's like Grand Central Station in this kitchen right now. Seriously. And then we see that because Dell is just like over it. She's over the overlapping chatter and she just wants peace and quiet. Rita's poking her about Dell. I mean, Rita is poking Dell about Byron. And uh, it's she just wants peace and quiet. Yep, she bounces. She does. Now, Kat asks Elliot for advice here, and he gives her the cold shoulder about the whole Brady thing at the dance. And uh, But she really needs to talk to him about how to save Jacob, and she has this plan, and she needs his help. And, and you can see on his face, like, he doesn't want to do it, but he also can't resist helping her mm-hmm. because he loves her, right? Yeah, and he also loved Jacob, too. I mm-hmm. mean, obviously, this is something that has affected him. I find it really interesting how little we get about the cat and Brady moment from last episode. You know, Alice brings it up to her momentarily, and it's very much brushed aside both cat to Alice and cat to Elliot. It's like this is – it's very much done at at this point anyway. Right. 
I mean, I don't know how much of a talk topic of conversation it would be in my home if like my daughter saw me kissing like my ex. Like it wouldn't be would it be like a family conversation? Is that no, what you were I expecting? She and Elliot needed to have a better conversation about it. There's not a lot of communication happening there. You know, he's clearly up in this moment, like you said, he's clearly upset. And she's like, yeah, yeah, fine. That was meaningless. But that's not what I want to talk to you about. Like, yeah. I need you to put that aside because I have something else we need to get into. Right. And that's what kind of bugs me sometimes about adult cat is that she doesn't have a lot of like self-awareness. Yes. So- but, you know, she, the bigger picture for her right now is is getting to Jacob and helping Jacob in the past. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we cut to the point. Uh, Monica's talking to Dell about the carnival, and Monica's explaining the reason she wants to bring it back for the town. All great reasons. Specifically, it's good for the town. It's good for tourism. But she talks about how she keeps putting posters up, and they keep getting ripped down, and the editing of this is lovely because Danny walks in, and it seems very clear to me who might be ripping down these posters. Um, even You're smart. He, I, didn't, I didn't notice it until much later. <laughs> I just felt like it was very, you know. Coincidental? Yes. It, <laughs> I thought it was nice, a nice little hint there. Monica retrieves some more posters for him to put back up. And uh, Del approaches him and lets him know it's it's not her ripping down the posters. And I wrote in all caps at this point in my notes, is it Danny? <laughs> so I uh, <laughs> I had my suspicions in that moment. And Dell, throughout this episode, is very sweet and lovely to Danny. There's no reason she shouldn't be. She always has been. But I, I don't know. I really enjoyed the way she is with him in this episode. Yeah, I wrote down that she's very soft and kind to Danny. Yes. And it does make me wonder. I was like, oh, does Del know something we don't know? Like she knows that Danny was not uh, a part of Jacob's, you know, disappearance. But I, no, I, think I, I wondered that too. But I think it's more that. Dell was the mother of an eight-year-old boy who, you know, Danny cannot be expected to carry the weight of the loss of his best friend, and she doesn't want him to carry the guilt of that. I right. That's how I see it. I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Okay. Next scene, we have Kat, and she has a murder board, basically. <laughs> um, she's showing Elliot uh, what she's put together, and this is in the basement of the, of the Landry home. Um, and she tells Elliot, she explains that there was two theories to Jacob's disappearance. One, he was kidnapped, or two, he fell into the ocean from the cliff. But she wants to explore all the theories, including the White Witch, to which Elliot replies, that's insane. And I wrote, no more insane than time traveling, dude. But okay. Via a pond. Yes. <laughs> I like how Elliot could be like, oh, no, 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 no. We're not going to go down that route. That's just, nope. That's scientifically impossible. <laughs> exactly. Another clue she's questioning is why Jacob's bike is at the carnival. And this, my friends, is called foreshadowing. We mm. learn why later. Uh, she also explains that Brady has taken both Kat and Jacob to the carnival. So why was the bike there? We will find out. She also tells Elliot that she's going to use all this information she's gathered to save Jacob in the past when she goes back to 99. And Elliot, he's frustrated with Kat. He doesn't believe the pond will take her back to this exact time. And she thinks the pond has a reason. Basically, what they come to in this conclusion that he tells her that what she is doing isn't healthy. 
she, you know, her obsession over this isn't healthy. Yeah, and I just want to point out that this is a show that was well-planned from start to finish because we have been seeing the images of the bike since the very beginning. Yes, so ma'am. This wasn't a show that they figured out the details as they went along. They've been laying that groundwork, which I really like. And now we're just getting information about why that bike picture is significant. So, yeah, it's almost like a movie. Don't you think so? Like, um, I think this it's hard to plan out an entire season uh with all these like i'm not gonna call them easter eggs but all this like information that has been like shown to the audience since episode one Mm -hmm. um because i know a lot of like seasons are written like as they go as they go but yeah i i wonder how long this the series has been like ready like ready to go like Mm -hmm. when did they finish it anyway Mm -hmm. that's just a side note um we are back at the Landry farm and Alice and Kat are in the kitchen. Alice is still clearly annoyed with her mom. She's annoyed about Brady. She's annoyed that she was, Kat was dancing with Elliot at the dance. Kat just brushes it all off. Mm-hmm. And she really wants Alice to talk to her about the boys in her life. I mean, obviously she's asking about Nick, but without asking mm-hmm. specifically. And Spencer gets brought up and here, hello. She says, Spencer has a girlfriend. Yeah. Do you think she was just trying to br- brush Cat off, or is that Zoe girl really Spencer's girlfriend? Oh, that's a good question. I just assumed Zoe was his girlfriend, and this was our confirmation. But it Me- could just be your point too, just trying to get rid of her, put mom. her mom off the scent. Right. But the, this is such a side note. But then shame on Spencer because he's very flirty with Alice. Uh. Right? A little bit. Is he flirty or is he just friendly? I don't know. to be a boy who's uh, cute. Uh, my 15-year-old self would mix those same signals up oh, too. Oh, sure. So I, don't, sure. I don't know. I don't know. So Dell arrives home in this moment and there's more talk about the posters being ripped down. And they talk um, briefly about Danny and we cut to Kat adding a picture of Danny to her murder board. And we get a flashback to young Danny after the disappearance. So all of this is building up to what is Danny's involvement? Yeah, exactly. And next scene, we see Dell making pottery, which where did that come from? It's like, flash. has she ever made pottery before in an episode? No. She's just, you know, spending her days. At Casually the throwing a pot. Pottery wheel. Is this a throw to the... Uh, ghost what did that that was in the 80s that movie came out right yeah i i didn't i don't think so you don't think so all right um byron arrives and uh del apologizes for how bad their date went at the roxy and how the memories were triggered from the slideshow and blah 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 and byron he's unaffected by this and he instead tells her that he's worried about cat and so in the next scene, we see Del runs down to the basement. Catherine, Catherine. She's looking for Kat. And what does she discover? The murder board. Yeah, she's naturally freaked out. And in walks Kat. And we cut to a commercial in this moment. But we come back to Del confronting Kat about the board. And she wants her to let it go. But Kat is convinced there's something they've missed. And, you know, what Del doesn't know is Kat, or what we don't know if Del knows, is that 
Kat feels like if she figures out what they missed, she can fix it if she can go back to that point in time. Um, Kat's currently focused on the fact that Danny kept changing his story. This is unremarkable to me because I know eight-year-olds. Danny's an eight-year-old freaked out by talking to the police. Mm-hmm. Del makes the point that he was in shock. But Kat wants to shock Danny. Del absolutely does not want this to happen, but insists on joining her if she's going to do that. And this is a real zinger right here. You know, she says, I don't want you to ask cruel and hurtful questions. And Kat says, cruel and hurtful. Is that what you think a journalist does? And Del says, maybe not, but I bet you do. Yeah, that was, yikes. Ouch. I mean, Del has a sharp tongue sometimes. She does. <laughs> Coming in hot. Yeah. We're in 1999 in the next scene, and Kat and Alice are in Kat's bedroom, and they're talking about Nick. And Kat ribs her a little bit for being unreliable because of her incons- inconsistent showings, I guess, when she comes to town. Uh, Kat tells Alice that Brady is coming into town for the fall carnival. And this is where Alice learns that the carnival is coming up this weekend. And so she's like, I got to go. She bounces out of there. She goes over to see Elliot about and talks to him about the carnival coming that she needs to be there for it. And here's where she asks young Elliot to keep an eye on Jacob. Like, she tells him, I don't know if I'm going to be back for certain. I need you to keep an eye. Promise me that you will watch him. This is one of the many moments in the show where I understand for the plot why things weren't different. But I wished as a person who cares about these characters that they had acted differently. Like, I wish she had let Elliot in on the reason why she was asking him to care for Jacob. And then things might have been different. Right. I mean, why why would she keep it a secret at this point? I mean, we do see later on, we'll get to it. She does tell young Elliot, like, what's up. But why wouldn't she tell him now? Prepare uh, him for it. That's a great question. Because I know, you know, she doesn't want to give him too much information about the future. I don't think that's super healthy. But knowing what we know, I feel like this is important information for him to have, particularly knowing that she doesn't have any control over when she comes back. Mm-hmm. So in our next scene, we're in Danny's house in the present day, and we learn that Danny lives in his parents' house, although they have since moved to Florida. And Kat starts by gently asking him questions about the day Jacob disappeared, but she pretty quickly ramps up to reminding him that his story has changed. Uh, Del keeps butting in on Kat's questions, but... Kat tells Danny that there are witnesses that said maybe he and Jacob were fighting. Kat and Del argue for a minute, and Danny finally starts talking and telling his story of that day. And he says that he cannot shake it. And the reason that he lied is because he wasn't supposed to be there. He was grounded. He had not done his chores, and he went anyway. And he tells the story, which we'll later see that He snuck into the carnival and Jacob had won a stuffed toy. And in the way of eight-year-old boys, Danny ran up and took it from him. And they chased each other back and forth with it. And ultimately, Danny threw it off the cliff because that's the kind of thing eight-year-old boys do. Mm -hmm. They antagonize each other. And uh, Jacob says he's going to go for it. And Danny double-dog dares him to go for it. And in this moment, thinks he sees his parents and takes off for home and he that was the last time that he saw Jacob and he carries a lot of guilt with him for his eight-year-old boy actions. 
Right. And then Kat doesn't help here because she says, like, she's very annoyed at the story. And she's like, we could have been looking in the right spot all these years. And I'm like, what? Like, don't pile it on the poor guy. (laughs) Like, he obviously feels guilty about it. I thought that was a very hurtful statement on Kat's part. Um, Del thanks him for his honesty and tells him not to let the guilt dictate his life. And in this moment, we see the torn up carnival posters in the fireplace. Yeah, obviously Danny doesn't want the carnival coming back. It's too heavy for him as well. Yeah, I thought Del was like so um, sweet and kind in this moment to Mm -hmm. Danny. Very emotional. I also felt that the actor playing Danny, um, it was a really emotional scene. And he was crying, and I just thought it was very well acted. Agree. And the next scene, we have Kat and Elliot in the basement. Uh, This is present day. She's telling him that she needs to go back and change things. And he tells her Alice tried to change things, too, and it didn't make a difference. And I'm guessing he he's referring to when she asked him to watch Jacob, right? I think so. So they talk through the timeline. He tells her that Alice is, is there right now in 1999 for the carnival. And this is where my brain can't quite understand how Elliot knows so much about this, like, nonlinear timeline. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the only one who has the full understanding of it. And is... And maybe it's just because, like, I have I struggle with all that part of the show, and I just think I'm just supposed to just let it go. I also this portion of the episode is very frenzied. There's a lot of back and forth, and it's very fast paced, and the music is very suspenseful, and it kind of gets your brain moving faster than the story is moving. I absolutely 100% agree. So we see here after this conversation with Elliot, Kat takes off for the pond, jumps back into 1999. And she emerges wet from the woods to see everyone driving off on Brady's in Brady's car to the carnival, and she hops on Jacob's bike. That's right. That's right. Back in present day, now we are, Alice runs up. She sees Elliot. He's confused that she's back. She tells him that time has jumped forward a month since she was last there and that the carnival was this weekend. And if I just, can I, we just pause right here because watching this scene unfold, I feel like it potentially could have been out of order in the episode. And this is why. The scene prior to this, Elliot had just told adult Cat that Alice was there for the carnival. And that's why Cat ran off to jump back to 1999. Because the carnival was happening then, right? Mm. But now we see Alice emerging and saying, like, the carnival's happening this weekend? Like... So he knew this information before Alice told him? I do find these two conversations confusing. Yes. And it's confusing to me if he's saying, like, I I know because he says Alice is there for the carnival. Is he saying Alice is there right now for the carnival? Or in 1999, Alice is there for the carnival. She is there Do you know what I'm saying? I do. I was there and she was there too. So I do think that is confusing and perhaps a little bit intentionally so because Alice has just come back 
And when she was in 1999, she was a few days ahead of the carnival. She's come out of the woods. She's going to turn around, jump back in the pond, and fast forward several days. While in real time, no time has actually passed. Right. It's it's super confusing. It is. And this is where it kind of ends. Like that, okay, now we're pretty steadily in a good timeline place at this point once Alice goes back to the day of the carnival. Yes. And during this conversation, right before it ends, Elliot tells Alice what what happened on that day. She finally tells him, wait, what? No, no, no. So Alice is talking to adult Elliot and she says, why didn't it work? When I asked you to protect Jacob, he says Brady ditched him on the way to the carnival. So by the time he and Alice arrived at the carnival, it was too late. And Elliot says to himself, what happened has always happened. You'll be late. And Alice turns around and runs back to the pond. Exactly. So is this some epiphany that we need to understand now? What happened will always happen? Like Jacob's going to go missing no matter what. I mean, I think, yes, that is what we're meant to believe. Although I still feel like there's some big reveal coming. I hope so. Uh, Okay. So now we're back in 1999 and adult cat arrives to the carnival on the bike, throws the bike down. And then as she steps away, realizes that she was the one who put the bike there. It was me. I was here. I was always here. It was me. I was here. I was always here. And then runs off to the carnival. Yeah. And then like my brain just is like melting down. Like, how <laughs> were you there before? Yeah. Like, I can't. I just, I just have to just enjoy the show. I can't analyze it. Agree. <laughs> you know what I mean? These things are not truly explainable. So I just have to go with it. We also get a shot of Alice and Elliot as Alice is arriving in 1999, the day of the carnival. Alice is panicking and she at this point tells Elliot why she had asked him to watch Jacob and they take off on Elliot's bike to the carnival. This next scene is really incongruous from everything that has come before it because it's a real fun light carnival scene. Colton is in the dunk tank. There's lots of Landry family smiles. They're all enjoying themselves. Um, but then we cut to adult cat searching for Jacob. She needs to get eyes on him. And uh, she finds him. She watches him board the Ferris wheel. Cat loads him on the Ferris wheel. He really wants to ride on his own. So young cat's loading him on. Adult cat is watching from afar. And cat and Brady are going to get on the Ferris wheel after. And they say, you know, wait for me when you get off. Now, this seems super reasonable. It This is a small town carnival. Your eight-year-old brother can wait until you get off as the next person. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I agree. Um, but the suspenseful music happening behind this scene <laughs> is really making me like, cat, get closer. Adult cat, get closer to the Ferris wheel. You're yeah. going to lose him. Yes, totally. Totally. A lot happens. Jacob drops his dog. He yells for cat, who is too busy making out with Brady, and she doesn't hear him. And so when he gets off, of the Ferris wheel, he runs after his dog, and there's a brief moment where Cat Cat finds him. And there's a lot of moments in this episode that you're like, oh, but that's not it. Jacob, like, sneaks through the gates of the carnival ride to get his dog, and then Cat cannot find him. We do see Jacob on his own walking through the carnival, and we see Danny finding Jacob in the moment he told the women about earlier. And they sneak into the haunted forest attraction. Alice has found young cat and young Brady and they tell him that Jacob is missing and she wants to tell Dell and Colton and cat and Brady don't because they do not want to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. um, 
So Alice is more motivated and Elliot in this moment to find Jacob because they know what's at stake. And Cat uh, breaks in to the Haunted Forest attraction. Alice breaks into the Haunted Forest attraction. Alice catch, catches a glimpse of Cat in this moment. A lot is happening. They're all looking for mm-hmm. Jacob. They're searching for him. It's very suspenseful. There's a lot going on. And at some point, it's now nighttime. Yeah, that was fast, huh? <laughs> yeah, how much time has passed? And this is when they alert Dell and Colton, and the search continues. So now we see adult Kat, and she's uh, walking to the cliff area looking for Jacob based on Danny's story. She's like, he's supposed to be here. And then she sees that the stuffed animal is already floating in the ocean below, and she says, I'm too late. And then, but she catches Jacob walking off in a distance and tells him to stop. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, stranger danger, man. Right. Like, I'm surprised that Jacob, like, even <laughs> engaged in a conversation with this lady he does not know. Seriously. But I am a child of the 80s, so maybe that's just ingrained in me. She does tell him she's Alice's mom. Yeah, I like that she explains that. Like, I'm Alice's mom, your sister's friends, you know, whatever. Like, that was that was good. Uh, she asks if he's okay, and he says that he's going home. And she's like, well, maybe let's go find your parents. And he's like, nah, I'm just going to go home, which is, like, really funny. Like, you don't let your eight – like, an eight-year-old is not going to walk home alone in the dark from some carnival. I right. don't care what town you live in. It just right. does not seem plausible to me, but whatever. Um She convinces him, like, hey, can I walk home with you? She wants to make sure that he gets back to the house safely. And and they take off. Next scene, we see Del is telling young Cat to go home to see if Jacob is there. Um, Here, I think we really see Del is unhappy with Cat that she let Jacob out of her sight. You know, you... That's interesting because when Kat agrees to go home, Del, to me in that moment, actually didn't seem angry with her. She was like, thank you, honey. Like she, Mm -hmm. I feel like she reigns in her frustration at the end of that conversation, but it is a smart move to send somebody to the house. But Kat naturally feels very responsible for him going missing. Well, maybe I'm reading into it because like in the first, you know, one or two episodes, at the beginning of the series, like I thought Dell was unhappy with Kat. Like I thought their whole falling out was based over Jacob, like based on his disappearance. Like Dell blamed Kat for it. Mm. Maybe I'm wrong. I still truly don't understand what their whole, you know, beef was about. Yeah. I don't think we know it. I suspect there's a lot of blame Kat has placed on herself and that has affected a lot of her relationship. Yeah. But come on, Del, if you are so kind and soft to Danny and tells him not to blame himself for it, she should also do the same with Kat then, Mm. don't you think? Mm -hmm. And maybe there's some resentment there from Kat. Oh, sure. That she hasn't gotten the same grace that Del has given to other people. This next scene is very emotional for me. Kat's walking with young Jacob and talking to him about his photography. And he's talking about his sister and how they're going to work together. And Kat tells Jacob that Alice tells her how much Kat loves Jacob. And I think this is a really sweet opportunity for her to make sure Jacob knows how much he's loved. And they arrive home and Brady's car is there. And so Kat just sends him on in the house and Jacob runs in and then Kat runs off. And I think again, act differently, please. 
What would you have liked to see see instead? I would like to have seen him reunite with some authority figure, with his sister, with Brady, with somebody. I know he gets in the house. Mm -hmm. And in a normal circumstance, that would be fine. But in a this child disappeared without a trace, I would want to see someone see him. I would agree with you. (laughs) Like, she just let it go. She should have peeked through the window or something. Like, she just, she was like, okay, great. He's in the house. Cat's there. All is good. But yeah, can you go get your sister and have her wave so I know that she, just something (laughs) that she got in, okay? Yes. Totally. I absolutely agree. And then we cut back to the town hall meeting, which is real reminiscent of a Gilmore Girls meeting to me. And Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah, the... uh, Charlie's chicken guy or whatever. Whoever. <laughs> yeah, real reminiscence of Grandma Girls for sure. They're at the point and they are meeting, of course, to vote about bringing back the carnival. The aforementioned Wally of Wally's chip wagon makes a plea for why he wants to bring back the carnival. And then we cut back to Cat running through the farmhouse in present day looking for Jacob. And this is so confusing to me. Like, now in the future, you think he's just going to be sitting in the house? That's what my notes say. I go, what was she expecting to find? Adult yes. Jacob? Like, and, I, 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 what? Um, and over this footage of Kat running through the house, she then runs to the almanac. Dell gets up to speak. And she gives a lovely speech thanking the community and makes her own plea for healing. And she supports bringing the carnival back as the best way to move forward. I think it's safe to say here, like for those who have not seen the episode yet, like we have two scenes that are happening simultaneously. And um, like there's, you know, talk over like one scene. It's, it's very fast and very hard to like articulate like what's happening. I think here to the listener, as is made clear by the fact that uh, I am stumbling over my words. No, 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 no. But <laughs> Dell is talking about moving forward as Kat is realizing that nothing has changed. Like, it is probably time for her to accept that Jacob is gone. Yes. And she says to the townspeople, we can't change the past. We need to focus on the future. Mm. But you're right. Here's where uh, Kat pulls out that almanac and sees that Jacob's death is still written in it. Hey, I have a question. Yeah. You know, Dell has been, I wouldn't say okay with the loss of Jacob. She's clearly affected by it. But she has seemed to have accepted it far more than Kat ever did. You know, we don't know. There's a lot of talk about the White Witch. We don't know what that's going to end up being. We don't know if Dell's a time traveler. Do you think Dell knows more than she's allowed us to know? I think so. I definitely think so. Okay. But then sometimes it's – there are scenes that are contradictory to that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know. We're just going to have to wait and see how that totally unfolds. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the next scene, we're back in 1999, and Colton is looking for Jacob and the – the guy that was mentioned in the headline (laughs) in the the very beginning, the fisherman – finds Jacob stuffed a dog on down at the shore and, and Colton tells him to jump in, jump in the boat. We're going to go, we're going to go look for him. I mean, I understand it, but if he fell off the cliff is looking for him from a boat at night, I don't know. 
I don't know. I, but your child's missing. You do whatever. You look anywhere as implausible as it seems. Right. So this is uh, like, okay, if a person were to fall off a cliff, would their body be like at the bottom of the cliff or was the tide high where they would have fallen into the ocean or had the tide come in and now the body is washed out? So it's possible that they could be looking in the water for him. And they're hoping that he is swimming in the water. Uh, hoping, yes. You know. Yeah. Hmm. But why wasn't there any sort of like uh, emergency search team? rescue situation? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. There's no authority figure involved in this search at this point. You're right. Where are the policemen? Yeah, there's got to be a town sheriff. Somebody. Somebody. Next thing, we're back in present day and Del and Kat are talking. And Del thinks Kat is upset about bringing the carnival back and is like, you know, consoling her. And Kat apologizes for not being able to save Jacob. So there's a lot of things that are unsaid in this scene. Kat obviously feels bad that she couldn't have saved Jacob by going back to the past, mm-hmm. but Del is not aware of that of that situation and how it unfolded. She just thinks she's upset about the carnival and they have this nice mother-daughter moment, which we've been waiting for. We have not seen since episode one. A little bit uh, in episode two after the memorial, I believe. Yes. Okay, fine. Yes. But yes, yes. So. I have been waiting a little bit more for this maternal Dell to cat moment we cut back to 1999 with a scene with the boat that we've seen before colton arriving back at the dock scraping the boat against the dock and we hear him saying i can't find him he's gone just like that he's gone our search is over like what mm-hmm. what in our final scene we were back in present day and cat is telling elliot that she walked jacob home he went into the house. She asks Elliot why it didn't work. Elliot doesn't seem to have the answers, which is funny because he seems to have the answers to everything else. <laughs> this one, no answer. He consoles her. This is nice. Alice walks up from 1999. She's emerged from the pond and wet. And Kat, Kat tells Alice, Alice, we lost him. And so here's when Alice confirms that it was adult Cat that she saw in the funhouse mirrors. Mm-hmm. And asks her how long Kat's been lying to Alice about this. And Kat runs off. I End don't of episode. think that was the reaction Kat was hoping for. I think she was hoping they could really have a moment. Yeah, like we tried. We both tried together to save him and too. it didn't work. And Yeah, exactly. And I really, you know, knowing what Alice was going through, question at this point Kat's decision not to talk to Alice not to partner with her leading up to this moment I don't know how you do that this is an uncomfortable conversation hi I know you can time travel and I can too but (laughs) we're here so let's shaggy and scooby let's work together here buddy yeah exactly (laughs) and one thing I found so interesting is Cat is hiding the whole time in 1999, and the only person who could possibly recognize her is Alice. I just wonder, it's not unusual for an adult woman to be walking through the carnival. I don't know who else she's hiding from. Yeah, I don't think like Brady and Cat, young Brady and Cat, are going to be like, hey, that looks like an adult you. You know, they're, right. they're not going to. 
No, it's just not no. going to happen. Did you see the previews for next week? I did. Okay. I have a question for you. Okay. Is this episode marking the end of Jacob's disappearance? I don't know the answer to that. Because they like showed like the family kind of like moving on, I thought. Like we saw, I mean, the preview is all of 15 seconds. We see like young cat at a dance. I'm just wondering like what's That next? will be interesting to see. I find it hard to believe that they've just decided like hmm, he went off the cliff and he's gone. That they're just not. There's not some full like missing persons TV show something yeah like I I mean I think when children go missing especially like this there would have been a like nationwide search for him Mm -hmm. no at least a townwide search could the sheriff show up please something something we know that there were posters so there must be more to the story was Amber alert Around in 1999. I don't. I'm going to look. I'm going to look right now. Amber Alert started in 1996. Oh. Get that kid on an Amber Alert. Seriously. Freeway sign. Yeah, something. Anyway. What this episode was very light on was noticed in the 90s moments. Total. Nothing. Zero things. Agree. Kind of bummed about it. That's well. Last week I thought like it hit, they hit us over the head with it. Mm-hmm. So this week having like none was kind of a bummer. Yeah. Are you ready for our homie of the week? Go for it. We agree this was a pretty strong episode from the entire ensemble. But if we're going to have to name just one person, I think we're going to go with Dell for the week. She has a really strong arc in this episode. She's just kind of a pillar underneath so many people. Under the community, a pillar of support for Danny. She shows up for Kat in the end. She makes a lot of good and right moves in this episode. And so while I still find myself wanting more from her, she's also a woman who lost her son very young and lost her husband very young. So she's a woman who's dealt with a lot and is dealing with it in her own way. Yeah. Good choice. Hey, thanks. We hope to be back to our full and regular schedule next week, <laughs> barring any additional tragedies. Yes. Look forward to a movie review plus a recap from us next week. And long story short, listeners, you should be getting regular episodes of Long Story Short back in your feed next week. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Hop into our Facebook group. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.